year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now, notice the next two verses. Daniel said, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Now, I want you to skip down, if you will, to verse number 17, same chapter, verse 17. And Daniel says, Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Oh, my God. By the way, that's the only way that you ought to use the name of God Amen. is when you're addressing Him. Amen. Now, that's the only way. Amen. Not in vain. Yeah. And Daniel's not using it in vain here. Daniel's actually calling out to God. He says in verse 18, Oh, my God, incline thine ear and hear Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name for we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses but for thy great mercies. Look at verse 19. Daniel said, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. Oh, my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Now, notice verse 20, verses 21. Daniel said, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter, and consider the vision. You may be seated this morning. I'm going to talk to you simply about Daniel's prayer and some lessons that we can learn from Daniel's prayer life. And uh, I'm not going to preach very long at all this morning. Uh, you won't have any, you know, you won't have any uh, problem grasping the message. It's very simple, very not shallow. It's not shallow. It's just needful. And so this is exactly the direction that God has led me. So I know that God has got somebody on his radar this morning. It's already helped me. I believe it's going to help you this morning. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll jump into the Bible study today. Father, what a great day it's been already. We thank you for your blessings and your goodnesses to us. And uh, Lord, we just appreciate the wonderful, wonderful spirit that's in here today. And Lord, I pray, and I'm sure others did, I prayed before this, this uh, service ever came, that there would be a wonderful spirit of worship in here today. And truly, Lord, you've answered our prayers, and I thank you for that. God, we've worshipped you in spirit, and now I pray that we'll worship you in truth. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll give us truth, and I pray that it will help us to be the Christians that, 
uh, you want us to be. I feel like 100% right now I'm headed in the will of God. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll bless our discussion. I pray it'll be helpful and, and uh, encouraging. And I pray most of all that it will glorify your precious Son. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, just knit our hearts together now as we learn from your precious word. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. In Daniel's prophecy, we find much helpful content. For instance, within the writing of Daniel, God offers much insight concerning Bible prophecy. And any of you uh, Bible uh, students out there and Bible scholars out there, you know this is the case. If there is any other book in the Bible that goes along with the book of Revelation, it's probably the book of Daniel. And uh, it's within the writing of Daniel that we find teachings concerning the tribulation period. God allowed the prophet Daniel to see down through the corridors of time and, uh, and to see even past the time that we're in right now. And he began to give uh, Daniel insight into the tribulation period. It's in the book of Daniel that we find uh, teachings about the personality of the Antichrist. And, uh, and it gives us wisdom concerning the Antichrist. Now, thank God when the Antichrist comes into, into full power, you and I will be gone. And if you're a part of the church, if you're a part of the blood-washed uh, throne, you're, you're saved, then uh, we're taken out by the rapture, and thank God we don't have to worry about the Antichrist. But Daniel tells us some about uh, the personality of the Antichrist. Also, in the book of Daniel, Daniel teaches concerning Israel's place in the last days. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful book uh, to read. You need to, when you start Daniel, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and give you understanding. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself get a little confused, but uh, how we know this, that if you get to know the author, the author can teach you his book. And, and so it's a book that teaches and gives us insight concerning prophecy. Also, we see great, great lessons of resolve and great lessons of resoluteness and perseverance. For it's in Daniel that we find stories like the three Hebrew children and the burning fiery furnace. And most of you know about that story. Thank God for those three young men who would burn before they would bow. And uh, you know what? They were determined that they were going to take a stand for God uh, regardless of the circumstances. And they did. And God brought a great victory through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's in the book of Daniel that we also read of Daniel and the den of lions. And uh, thank God for Daniel. Daniel's walk with God was not up for a vote. And uh, you know what? Even though knowing the, that the decree had been signed that no man was to pray to anybody other than the king, the Bible says that that's exactly what Daniel did. Daniel prayed to his God and, of course, because of that, was thrown into the den of lions. But we know the story. Daniel did not, by the way. Daniel did not know how that was going to unfold. But we know the story, and we know that God gave those lions locked jaw. And Daniel just used them as a pillow that night. And really something like that. And so we see great lessons of resolve and resoluteness and perseverance. Also, in the book of Daniel, we see amazing examples of faith and faithfulness. And then something probably that we're going to talk to the church about a little bit on Wednesday night. In, in Daniel's writings, we see an experience called a theophany or what some would call a Christophany where God appears to Daniel. Now, there's a lot of people in today in today's society that are that are writing books and 
and uh, uh, putting articles and periodicals in there saying, God appeared to me. But a lot of those testimonies are not lining up with the Word of God. And so, Lord willing, if God allows it Wednesday night, we're going to talk to you about what it really means for God to meet with you. And and, uh, we're going to talk to you about a real life or real live theophany on Wednesday night if God allows us to go that way. But also, within the pages of Daniel's writings, we see some awesome revelations concerning what I want to talk to the church about today. And that's the subject and the doctrine of prayer. M. Bound said this, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. And there's a lot of churches today, and we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves, but there's a lot of churches today that Christians will walk into that are are places that have very little, if no, power. And part of the reason is because that church has lost its connection with prayer. You know what? They've got programs. They've got orders of services. They've got weight rooms and gymnatoriums and and they've got uh, uh, praise bands and all these things. And I'm not saying all those things are sinful, but I'm just saying that somewhere along the line, they got away from the practice of prayer. Now, you say, preacher, uh, we're, uh, we're 2019, almost 2020, and Why in the world would you even take time to promote something like the prayer room? I'll tell you why. Because God still answers prayer in 2019. Uh, God is a God of prayer and God hears our prayers and thank God according to 1 John, he answers our prayers. And one of the ways that you and I know that we are a born again child of God is that we ought to be receiving answers to prayer. Now, I'm not going to preach on that today, but I would say this, and we'll get into a little bit more tonight, but your prayers ought to be specific. You ought to pray specifically. Listen, if, if, if all you ever say is this, Lord bless us, how do you know if God's answering your prayers or not? You ought to pray so specifically that when that comes through, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God heard and answered your prayer. I love this statement. I found this, and been very long ago, I found this, and I've shared it with the church once, I think. C.S. Lewis made this statement. I love this statement. He said, the moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back, in listening to that other voice taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. I found that statement sometime back, and I thought, wow, what a statement. It's so true, isn't it? Brother Justin and I, we had this conversation the other day. And, and uh, you know, there's something about reading the Word of God. The devil fights that. He does fight reading the Word of God. But there's something about prayer. You know what? I can spend an hour in the Word of God my phone doesn't ring. When I, when I get ready to set aside some time for prayer, my phone goes crazy. It dings and dongs and rings and rants and raves. And, and, uh, and you know what? And Satan throws every distraction at me because I honestly believe this, that the devil does not want us to pray. 
He knows there's power. He knows there's great power in prayer. You say, preacher, we're getting ready to move over to the new building and God's blessing and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and folks are being saved and, and, and folks are getting help. And uh, you say, preacher, do you think that we can keep it going? I think as long as we stay plugged into God and we keep praying as a church family and, and depending on God, you know what I believe? I believe that this church can stay on fire and stay on course until the trumpet sounds and we just go to heaven together. But I want to talk to you about prayer. There are several things we notice in the life of Daniel concerning prayer. I'm just going to give you one thought. We're done. And, and this will be the only place we'll go today. Number one, we notice the simplicity of prayer. Would you look at Daniel chapter 9? This is going to help you, so don't, don't hear me, whatever you do. Daniel chapter 9, and I want to show you a verse that really stood out to me. Would you look at verse number 20? Daniel chapter 9, verse number 20. And Daniel says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of, of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yeas, here it says it again, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Twice, Daniel mentions the word speaking, both times associated with prayer. Now, church, I don't know if you know this or not, but I believe we learn a tremendous truth right here. And the truth that we learn, the great truth that we learn is this, that if you can speak, you can pray. <laughs> I'm telling you what, this is going to help somebody this morning. And just as sure as I'm preaching this, there's somebody here this morning that's a little confused uh, on this issue. And, uh, and just as sure as I'm here this morning, there's somebody here this morning that says, Preacher, I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to speak? You say yes, then you know how to pray. You know what? If you can speak, you can pray. Did you know that prayer is not about making long, swelling words and phrases? Prayer time's not show off time. Prayer time, is, uh, uh, prayer time is not about look at how spiritual I am. Hey, church, be sure you listen to me and listen to all the big words that I use and all the spiritual terms that I use in my prayer. Listen, if that's the only thing you're trying to accomplish when you pray, your prayer didn't even make it past the ceiling. That's not what prayer is all about. In fact, did you know, did you know that the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked the hypocrites for doing exactly that? Now I want you to hold your place at, at uh, Daniel chapter 9. Now I want you to turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6, and uh, look, if you will, at verse number 5 this morning. Quickly, quickly. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 5. And notice what the Lord himself, notice, notice his rebuke here in Matthew 6. And verse number five, Jesus said, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions 
as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now let me tell you why I'm preaching this morning, Calvary. I'm preaching this because I want to pastor a church that's not afraid to pray. And I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking about just Preacher Looney or, or Brother Mike. He, I'm, listen, I want to pastor a church where we have a church full of people that know what it is to get a hold of God and you're not afraid and you're not intimidated to pray. Listen, did you know that wives and husbands and wives should not be intimidated to pray together? Some little wife says, Preacher, I'd be afraid of praying, praying for my husband. Why? I don't know how to pray. Can you speak? If you can speak, you can pray. Now, I, I, I'm not picking on anybody here this morning, but uh, just, just, just because I just, I just know how things are. Sure, just sure as I'm here, there's a daddy here this morning that never prays in front of his family. Never says, it, never says grace. Whenever we get ready to eat, it's always, all right, uh, mama, pray for us. Or honey, pray for us. Or uh, junior, uh, say the blessing for us. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying this, daddy. You know what? Your kids ought to hear you pray. And your wife ought to hear you pray. Well, you say, preacher, I'm just, I'm not very good at it. Can you speak? Well, yes, I can speak. Then you pray. Amen. That's a great truth this morning. And so wives and husbands ought to be able to pray together. I thought about this. Parents and children ought to be able to, ought to pray in front of one another. And uh, mom and dad, listen, you know what? It is, it is absolutely imperative that your kids hear you pray. They ought to hear you pray. Well, you say, preacher, I'm just not good at it. Well, you know what? Just, just get better and better and better and just do the best you can. And you know what? You say, preacher, I don't know how to, you know, use big words like justification and reconciliation and, and, uh, uh, and redemption and uh, uh, harmardiology and soteriology. And, uh, and uh, you know, preachers do that. Well, today, I want to talk to you about the doctrine of soteria. Why don't you just talk about getting saved? Amen. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is you don't have to know those terms and you don't have to have a college education to pray. You you don't even have to have a high school diploma to pray. If you know how to speak, then you can know how to pray. Now, don't, don't take this wrong. But you know what? If the pastor were to call on you today at the end of the, end of the service and say, brother, would you pray for us? You know what? There ought not be a moment's hesitation. You say, preacher, I'm scared. I'm, I'd be scared to death to pray. And here's the question. Why? What are people going to think? You're not praying to people. Amen. You're, not praying to, you're not praying to impress them. You're not praying to them. If you're praying to them, you're in sad shape. Because those people and this preacher can't do anything for you. But you know what? If you'll just direct that prayer up out of a sincere heart, a grateful heart, Lord, I don't really know how to pray. I, I've never been to Bible college, but Lord, this is what I need, by the way. We're going to get into that a little bit more specifically uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, listen, you know what? You learn to pray. If you can speak, if you can speak, you can pray. Now, I want to show you real quickly, real quick today, today I want to show you some examples of some very simple prayers that got the attention of God Almighty. First of all, would you take your Bibles from the book of Luke? Luke chapter 23 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 23. 
Now, we know this story. The Lord Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross. The Bible says there are two other malefactors or criminals, if you will. They're hanging each on the other side of the Lord. And the Bible says that at the first, one of the gospels says that they both cast uh, you know, accusations toward the Lord. But I believe that over the course of time that one of those thieves began to notice that there was something different about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe he began, to, he began to come to that realization that the Lord really was who he said he was. And I want you to notice his prayer in Luke chapter 23 and verse number 42. Now this is talking about the thief on the cross in verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that doesn't sound like a Bible college student right there to me. You know what it was? It was a thief who didn't know much about spiritual matters, but he came to that point where he realized who Jesus was, and he said, Lord, I don't know how to pray. But he said, Lord, I know you, I believe you are who you are. You said you are. And Lord, he said, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Look, look at the verse. And Jesus said unto him, verily, Truly, verily, he said, I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now you go back and count it. That's nine words. That's a nine word prayer that he prayed. But guess what? That nine word prayer got him in heaven. He didn't use a lot of spiritual words. But you know what? He just told the Lord what was on his heart. And because of that, he's in heaven. Now turn over, if you will, to, uh, turn over to, oh, this is good. Matthew chapter number 14. Simple, simple, simple prayers that got the attention of Almighty God. Matthew chapter 14. And look, if you will, at verse number 30 this morning. Matthew 14, verse 30. Now this is the story where the disciples are out on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus comes out walking on the, on the water. And, and Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come, come on. Amen. Bible says that Peter stepped out, but notice what happened. In Matthew 14, verse number 30, the Bible says about Peter, but when he saw the wind boisterous, what would happen to him? He was afraid. He was afraid. By the way, church, whenever you get your eyes off of Jesus, you always get afraid. Yeah. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, here it is. Yes. Boy, listen to this real, listen to this college educated prayer. Lord, save me. And the Bible says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? By the way, I put this down here. Had he prayed long, he would have drowned. Someone says, preacher, I don't know how to pray. I, listen, if Peter would have prayed, oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great God of heaven and earth. And, listen, he would have been blah, 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 blah. You know what? Peter knew something that we don't know. Peter knew, you know what? There's power in simple prayer. And Peter saw the winds and the waves, and he was sinking. And Peter said, God, save me. Lord, save me. Save me. And you know what? A three-word prayer got the attention of the Heavenly Father. We, we, we've got multiple, multiple places that we could uh, take you this morning. I'm not going to go to all these this morning. Turn over uh, to Luke quickly. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter number 18. And this is the story of 
of the publican and the Pharisee. The Bible says in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 13, and the publican standing far off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me a sinner. Look what Jesus said. I tell you, this man, not the other one, not the one that knew how to pray, not the one that that tithed, not the one that had a college education, but he said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know what, church? It's time to start praying. You say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. You know how to speak? You know how to pray. Daniel said twice, while I was speaking, while I was speaking. Now we'll get into some, some, of the other, uh, some of the other parts of prayer tonight, but Daniel said, while I was speaking, listen, if you're able to speak, you're able to pray. Prayer is very simple. How many know this? That children, we can learn something from children. And children often have very simple prayer lives. For instance, Debbie, age seven, prayed this prayer. Dear God, please send a new baby. The one you sent last week cries too much. (laughs) Jimmy, who is age six, prayed this prayer. Dear God, who did you make smarter, boys or girls? My sister and I want to (laughs) know. Angela, age eight, prayed this. She said, dear God, could you please give my brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. I love this. Hank, age seven, said, dear Lord, thank you for the nice day today. You even fooled the TV weatherman. Agnes, age six, said, dear God, please give me, please bring me a new brother. The one I got socks me all the time. And David, age seven, said, dear God, I need a raise and allowance. Could you have your angels tell my father? <laughs> now, you know what? Here's an, oh, he's a picture. That's cute. It's more than that. It's more than that. Did you know that it, I believe this? I believe if a little child comes in innocence like that, it, listen, you know who I want praying for me at Calvary? I want these little ones praying yeah, for me. These, these little kids, when these families have family altars at night and, uh, and they say, all right, uh, anybody y'all want to pray for? Let's pray for Preacher. Amen. Let's pray for Miss Tammy. You know what? Oh, that's who I want praying for me. You know why? Because I believe their hearts are, little, are so innocent and I believe their prayers are genuine and the Bible says that, that their angels do always behold the face of their heavenly Father and I believe that God hears their prayers and answers their prayer. What are you saying, pray, preacher? I'm saying that prayer is very simple. A little boy offered a Thanksgiving Day prayer for his family and he prayed something like this. Dear God, this is Jimmy. Thank you for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holidays. Thank you for the turkey and dressing and mom and dad. And I thought, well, mom and dad were down the list a little ways, weren't they? <laughs> and even for my little sister, even though sometimes she can be a pain. Thank you for books and TV and Game Boy. Thank you for loving us. And then he said this, oh, yeah. And take care of yourself, God, because without you, we're sunk. 
You know what probably ought to happen? They ought to probably invite that boy to the White House and let him pray on Capitol Hill and just pray that prayer. Lord, please take care of yourself because if something happens to you, we're sunk. And by the way, America, if something happens to God, we're sunk. We're sunk. Prayer is simple. The Word of God encourages you and I to pray. And this is all I'm preaching this morning. God is not so much concerned about the words you use. He's not even so concerned about the posture of your body as he is the posture of your heart. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Luke chapter 18, verse number 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Hey, Calvary, aren't you glad that when we need to, we can get a hold of God? Amen. Somebody said, what if God had an answering machine? Imagine praying and hearing this. Thank you for calling my father's house. Please select, please select one of the following four options. Press one for request. Press two for thanksgiving. Press three for complaints. And for all other inquiries, press four. And then what if God used the familiar excuse? All of the angels are helping other customers right now. Please stay on the line. Your call will be answered in the order received. We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Aren't you glad, church, when you dial that royal telephone, he always picks up. And he says, what can I do for you today? You say, preacher, I wish I, wish I felt comfortable like that. I wish I knew how to pray. You know how to speak? You know how to pray. Every day you speak words. How many of those words do you speak to the Lord? The simplicity of prayer. Prayer is a simple thing. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're not involved in a regular prayer life, you know what, today that ought to change. And you ought to find you a, a pee patch or get in your car and drive or find you a prayer closet. And today you just ought to start talking to the Lord. Just start talking to yourself. Preacher, how do you do it? Just like you talk to other folks. And just listen, every day I tell my wife I love you. But every day I tell my, my Lord I love him. I love you. Every day I try to start the day out with him. First thing in the morning. First thing before we do anything. Before I get a cup of coffee. Before I pour some Diet Coke every single day. I start my day. I stop and I say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for a good night's rest. Thank you for this day of life. Help me to live it to the full for you. Forgive me for my sins and wrongs. And Lord, fill me with your spirit today. And direct my steps and direct my thoughts and direct the words of my mouth. And Lord, we need you today. We need you today. You say, preacher, you talk to the Lord like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You ever do You know what? Sometimes I just say, good morning, Father. Good morning. Why? Because it's a good morning when you start it with Him. The simplicity of prayer. Let's bow our heads today. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Lord, if there are folks here this morning that are not benefiting from the, from the, the resource of prayer, I pray that today, I think it's December the 15th, I think that's right, but I pray today, this Sunday morning, I pray that would change. 
And God, I pray that you'd give us some, some real, genuine, bona fide prayer warriors at Calvary Baptist Church. God, those who aren't praying at all, I pray today their prayer life would begin. It'll start simple. That's okay. Because prayer is simple. And I pray today, Father, that you'd give us some Christians that start walking with Jesus and every day talking to Him, fellowshipping with Him, communing with Him. Lord, help us to realize that if we can speak, we can pray. Father, give us Give us people of prayer at Calvary Baptist Church. And Heavenly Father, until the trumpet sounds, may this church be a church of prayer. May this be a house of prayer. God, I pray that you'll bless this invitation. Lord, it could be there's somebody here this morning that has never prayed that prayer as that publican did. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, I pray today would be the day they'd come to know Christ as Savior. Have your way in the invitation, please, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Now our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Right before we go today, let me ask a, a, just a question or two. First of all, I wonder how many are here today. You'd say, preacher, if I died today, I know for sure I'd go to heaven. When I, when I die, I'm going to heaven. You'd say, I've been born again. You'd slip your hand up right now. Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Is there one anywhere this morning you would let me pray for you? You'd, I'm not going to embarrass you, but you'd say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure I'm saved. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you'd slip your hand up anywhere around the house. You'd raise your hand right now. Say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure that I am saved. Would you pray for me right now? You'd raise your hand. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. In just a moment, we're going to stand, and I've went over two or three minutes this morning, but let's just forget about the time for just a little bit. I'm just wondering this morning if there's a husband that needs to take his little wife by the hand and walk down to this old-fashioned altar today and dedicate your life to prayer. I wonder maybe if there's a mom or a dad that needs to find their way to an old-fashioned altar today and start praying a hedge of protection around your boys and girls. Oh, God, let us, let us and help us to be people of prayer. Let's stand today, if you would. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, have your way in the invitation. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be involved in prayer. God, give us some marriages today that will be strengthened because of prayer. God, give us some wives that aren't afraid to pray in front of their husbands. And, Lord, give us some husbands that aren't afraid to pray in front of their wives. God, may, may boys and girls hear their moms and dads talk to you because of this day. God, help us to be praying people. Have your way in the rest of the invitation, please. And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The, the altar's open. If you need to come, if God's dealing with your heart, why don't you just step out right now? Just slip out. Are you a person of prayer? Is God hearing your voice every single day? Are you communing with Him and fellowshipping with Him? If not, why don't you come this morning? We're going to pause just for a moment, and you come while we wait.